Hi, and welcome to East to West WLS, the podcast where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April, and I'm the West. And I'm Jason, and I'm the East. Today, we are beyond excited to welcome one of the most effervescent and influential person in our community, Katie. Hello, Katie. Hi. Oh my gosh, we are so, so, so excited to to talk with you. Uh, We recently connected and uh, of course we all follow your journey. So we all know that you have been on the weight loss surgery kind of wagon for quite some time and you are like a few days away from your procedure. Yes, yep, Tuesday and we're recording this on what? Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, yeah. Oh my God, I don't Mm -hmm. even know what day. (laughs) No, well, you've been you've been deep into the liquid diet, so we know why it's a little yeah, you've my been a little left. scattered. <laughs> yes. Oh well, when we reached out to you, I had this um, idea to record with you before and after your procedure, and like this might be a shocker to everybody, but this will actually be the first episode we've ever edited, and we are so excited to get to know you before your surgery and after your surgery. We're, we're just very curious. We're, we're very excited to see how things have shifted for you, you know, b- before and after. So we very much appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk with us when I know things are not easy for you right now. So just first and foremost, thank you very much for doing that. Yes, of course. I'm honored. Honestly, you guys like hype me up so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not hard to do. I mean, you really kind of hype yourself. We just like share your shit and every and it's amazing. Oh, so Oh, goodness. Okay. So before we dive into kind of our conversation, I just want to let our listeners know that if uh, a podcast is not your jam, if it's not your favorite way of listening, we do record this in Zoom. And as you can see, we are uh, adorable humans. So if you would like to watch this video on YouTube, head over to YouTube, search East, the number two West underscore WLS, and our amazing YouTube channel will pop up and you can you can watch us that way. Uh, so of course, like, share, and subscribe uh, because we are we are endeavoring to grow this community so that we can support people in, in all of the ways that, that, that they want to do so. Uh, and just a little bit of background on Jason and I, uh, he and I met at a virtual bariatric meetup that I was hosting about nine months ago. Uh, and we were both very disappointed in the support that we received after our bariatric procedures, right? Like our surgery, the, the, the doctors and nurses were great, phenomenal. But then we were kind of like, okay, good luck after we had like paid our bills. Uh, And Jason and I discovered that the conversations that he and I were having just as personal friends were really impactful and they made a lot of difference in our own personal lives. Uh, So we decided to start East to West uh, WLS because we just didn't find that support. So we're so excited that we get to uh, create the support and the content that we wish was there, uh, you know, before and after our surgeries. Uh, But the only reason we're able to do this is because of the support of people like you who are listening and following and watching. And because of people like Katie who want to come on to the show and share their stories with us. So it takes a village and we are so proud and happy that we get to be kind of a a, a part of this village. So, okay, so there's a quick little thing about us, about what we do at East to West, but now really on to the main event. Uh, Katie, like I said, is one of the most active and influential people within kind of the the weight loss surgery community on Instagram. You can follow her at katie.vsg. Uh, but I'd like to just kind of open up the floor a little bit to you, Katie. Will you tell us just a little bit about uh, yourself, maybe your age, where you live, uh, when you're going to be having VSG, and maybe why you're so passionate about supporting the weight loss surgery community? Hey, guys, it's April. 
I just want to give a shout out to our very first podcast sponsor, Gather Juice Company. They're located in my backyard. That's right. Grit City, Tacoma, Washington. And their juices, shots, cleanses, and toasts have really made a difference in my bariatric recovery. If you live locally, swing by their 6th Avenue location and pick up something that you will enjoy yourself. And if you don't live locally, send them a quick direct message and just let them know you appreciate their sponsorship of East to West. You've got this and we've got you. Yeah, so it just like kind of makes me giggle every time you say one of the most influential people because like I just it's so funny that that's who I've become in this community like Mm -hmm. you know I didn't really set out to do that but I I did want to be a resource for people because when I started this whole journey you know I was just like on Instagram on my normal page like I didn't even have a BSG page at this point and Mm -hmm. I was just like digging for information I wanted to know the real I wanted to know like what life is like after surgery and so finding people that were willing to share their journeys like that just like spoke to me and I'm like you know what if I do this like that's what I want to be I want to be open I want to be honest I want to be as raw and as real as possible because I just want to be a resource for people. I want to, you know, encourage people if they need it. So that's kind of why I kind of created the community that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm 28. I live in Indiana. Um, I am a hairstylist professionally. And, you know, I've been in the hair industry for about eight years. And I think the stress of the career choice that I made, it's, it's very hard to build your career starting out as a hairstylist. And I feel like I've finally found the right place where I'm supposed to be, but I've just gained a lot of weight and it has made the job miserable. I mean, I, I love what I do, but I am just in pain all the time. I'm sweating all the time. Like I'm miserable. And you think being on your feet all day would like, you know, help your stamina and like help you lose weight. But It's just not like that. It just does not work like that. And so that's kind of why I started looking into this because I've just struggled for years. And I think I'll kind of get into more of this later, but, you know, I had a sick mom growing up. And so I think, you know, as her health declined, you know, my weight just shot up. And Mm -hmm. um, so I I really think those two are kind of correlated as well. And Mm -hmm. so I read something that, you know, once your stomach stretches, it's a muscle. I mean, I mean, you can't, it doesn't just go back. You can, you know, like at, once you get to a certain point, it's like, it is so hard to do it without surgery, you know, without actually making your stomach smaller surgically, um, and to be able to keep that weight off. So that's kind of where I'm like, you know what, I want a better future. I want a better life. So here I am. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this conversation. And (laughs) what you said, uh, just about like, you know, yeah, there is so much false information around weight, human weight and how people gain weight. Uh, Jason and I's favorite saying is actually one that I picked up uh, Weight Watchers years ago. And that is that fitness happens at the gym. Weight loss happens in the kitchen. So, you know, my husband is a superintendent for a high steel iron company. That man is lifting thousands of pounds a day. He's walking, you know, a marathon. He's the most active individual I know, and he is overweight. So the fact that he's very fit and muscular is wonderful. That means he's got strong bones and he can pick me up and right. Like, okay, great. But he's still obese. 
and it's because of what he eats. And the only thing that really impacts our weight is, is what we eat. So to hear you uh, live that experience and know that that is Absolutely. truthful is yeah, uh, beyond positive. So, oh my gosh. Okay, you guys. Oh, okay. Are you ready to dive in? Cause I'm just like, and I got all I'm these ready. questions. Let's do, it. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you kind of told us a little bit about your, your, your personal experience and, and, and how you ended up really today, right here at, on the threshold of having, of having VSG. Uh, so maybe tell us a little bit more about your journey, about how, you know, how the weight came on, how it evolved really. How did you find yeah. yourself with us here today? Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned, you know, I had a sick mom growing up. Um, she was diagnosed with lupus. I think I was 12 when she was diagnosed. So I was pretty young and, you know, we kind of managed as a family through that, but as her health declined, you know, I got older and it's, it's funny. I just started going to therapy and a lot of this has come to light recently. Like I didn't really even comprehend all of this until recently. So this is all kind of new to me as well. But, you know, when you have a sick family member, like the attention pretty much revolves around them. And, you know, that's just part of it. It's, you know, I'm not saying my parents were not good parents. I love my parents. Like they, my dad, he's a pastor and he's just the most compassionate, selfless man I've ever known. Um, and so he just spent all of his energy taking care of my mom. And, you know, over the last few years where I've really noticed a lot of weight gain, you know, is where her health just really took a toll for the worst. I mean, she, she was in the hospital with meningitis, um, like three months before my wedding. And when they like really thought she was going to die. So like I packed on, like, it was so scary. Cause I, I bought my dress in February of that year and I packed on probably 40 pounds before I got married. And it was devastating. You know, obviously all you want to do as a bride is just look fit and pretty for your wedding. And I mean, the stress of trying to plan my wedding while my mom's like dying in the hospital, you know, it's just like a nightmare. So luckily my dress still fit. I don't know how, but it did. Oh, that's a miracle. Um, <laughs> I know, <laughs> literally, I'm so, thank God. Um, but anyways, so that, you know, when she had the meningitis, like that was kind of a turning point um, for her, I think, like things just really started to go downhill from there. And, you know, I know that like my chances of getting lupus aren't necessarily affected by my weight. I know that small people can get lupus as well. Like, but I also know that being overweight and being obese increases your chances of any disease, you know, in any matter. And I just, I'm so scared of having any sort of hiring my chances of having any sort of disease like that. Like that's on me, you know, like I can do something about this, but I'm not. And I can use that excuse of, you know, stress from a sick parent for so long. And then I can look back at my life and say, why, why did I choose to live my life this way? You know? And so I apologize if I get emotional because it's all very recent. So, um, I started the journey, my parents, both my parents went with me to my first like consult appointment. And so I had them both there and we were able to talk to um, some of the nurses there about the procedure, things like that. So it was, it was really nice to have their support. Um, my husband couldn't go, he had to work, um, but he's also very supportive. I don't wanna leave him out. But um, about halfway through um, my six months, you know, my six month program, my mom ended up passing. Um, and so, 
obviously, you know, I'm in this program where I'm like preparing for weight loss surgery and trying to figure out the mental aspect of it and trying to watch what I'm eating and create good habits. And then, you know, dealing with the death of my mom. I mean, grief is so heavy and I just, it was, it's still hard, you know, to navigate that, but oh, I don't know how I did it. Truthfully, I think it was God giving me strength because like, I literally don't know how I made it through that and I'm where I am today. So I think that has probably been one of the hardest battles, um, to get through all of that. Um, but I definitely think, I don't know, I've learned a lot in her death. I've learned that you only live once. I've learned that life is too short to care what anybody thinks. And that's like the ultimate reason why I decided to just put it all out there and not really give a shit if anybody, you know, is offended or is grossed out or whatever. Like, this is my journey. This is for me to document. And I'm welcoming you with open arms into this journey of mine. And if you're going to have negative opinions and thoughts about it, like that's on you, that's not on me, you know? And so I just, I kind of came to this place where who cares? Like who cares what, what people think anymore? I mean, of course, like you, the comments and things like that from internet trolls, like that's, that's going to hurt. It is what it is. But honestly, like that's on them, like hurt people, hurt people, you know, like I, I've just never forgotten that quote. I don't know where I heard it, but I, that sticks with me forever. And so that's just so much easier to like handle the negativity, like, you know, knowing that like, that's not on me, that's on them, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I am. I had a lot of insurance battles. I'm not sure what your questions are lining up to here. If you wanted me to get into that now, or if that's a no, later question, but you're, I can talk about that. No, okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so my mom died in April, end of April, and I finished my, um, six month program in July. Um, so that's kind of the timeline of where we're at. Um, I had done well, I was required to lose 2.5% of my current body weight, um, for them to submit to insurance. So I had accomplished that is great. Things were smooth sailing. And then I got denied by insurance. So that was kind of like, that was the first blow because I was like, okay, what? This doesn't make any sense. So they said that there was an exclusion in my plan. And I was like, but, but wait a second. Like you approved me to be a part of this program. This is a pre-op program. It's pre-operative. How are you going to prove the pre and deny the op? Like that makes no sense. That's so, ridiculous. Yeah, I know. So it made no sense. So I appealed it. And then when that got denied, I was like, okay, something is not right. So I called my insurance company and I asked to speak to um, just a supervisor. I was like, I, I need a member services supervisor. And so they were like, okay, you know, they're probably going to tell you the same thing, but I'll go ahead and get them. I said, please get them. Thank you. You know? Mm -hmm. um, and so <laughs> I, faith is a big part of my life. So I'm always just like, God, you're just like putting people in the right places. Um, so he, I ended up getting, by the luck of the draw, this woman, her name is um, Taz is what she goes by. And she is such a pivotal part of like this journey for me because like she fought so hard for me on her end of things. And like, that's not her job. Her job is to console me and answer questions, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to have somebody on the inside, like being like, no, like this is not okay. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. So 
essentially she's on the inside talking to her higher ups, figuring, figuring out what went wrong, you know? Um, and then I talked to my clinic and I said, okay, they're not approving me because of an exclusion, but why would they have put me through the plan? Like, I thought you guys got approval before I even started this. And they said, we did, we had a conversation with them. I can give you the name of the person I talked to and the reference number of the phone call where we specifically asked them questions. It wasn't just a general verification of benefits. It was, is there an exclusion on your plan? Yes or no. They said, no, they said, everything is covered. And I said, okay, this this is what I'm fighting for at this point, because I was incorrectly informed and that's not okay. And mm -hmm. so they ended up pulling the phone calls and um, listen, overhearing the conversation. The employee was new and did misinform um, the person on the phone who was taking my information. Um, so, you know, obviously they were at fault. So then we got into benefit exception. So we started going through this whole process then I got a phone call that that was denied. And I'm like, oh my God, don't understand what is happening. Like, I, I'm just, I don't get this. Like you guys literally are the ones who put this benefit exception into play so yeah. that I could get approved and now you're denying it. So the lady on the phone told me, she said, well, since you haven't had surgery, we're not going to cover it. Like, yeah, sorry, you were misinformed, but like, if you had already had the procedure and we misinformed you, like, yeah, we'd pay for it. But since you haven't already had it, like, we're not going to go, we're not just going to like pay for it. And I was like, wow, are you like, is this real life? So, <laughs> so Taz, this girl that I've been talking to, she happened to be out of the office at that point in time. So I couldn't reach her. Well, anyways, she called me. She was like, no, this is not the end of the road. She was like, let me handle this. So basically we got the employer involved. They signed paperwork, sent it through. It took like a month. I was already ready to go to Mexico. I was like, I'm done with my insurance company. Like I had literally like money ready to go to put my deposit down. Like I was going to that day. And then I got a phone call that they're approving it. So Wow. Oh, been a literal roller coaster and yeah so I got the approval back in October um and yeah I've been hightailing it to get everything done because they told me they wanted it done by the end of the year mm -hmm. and I was like okay so what do we need to do now you know so well yeah well and then on top of that and now there's COVID where all of these like oh, surgeries that are oh, like critical God, to survival right? I it keeps know. getting denied. Everybody's surgery keeps getting pushed, pushed back. I, mean, I know I am so lucky. Like I, our governor here in Indiana, you know, he did put um, restrictions out about surgeries, but he said anything in the hospital inpatient, you know, is what we're talking about. So I didn't really, I knew that I was going to be in a surgery center, but like, I, you know, I don't know that I don't really know what's what. I don't know the lingo, you know? So I'm just yeah. thinking, oh my God, I'm staying overnight. I'm inpatient, you know? And yeah. so I started freaking out. I was crying. I hadn't heard from my clinic at all. So I was like, I had literally had an appointment the next day. So I was like, okay, just talk to them tomorrow. You know, I went to my appointment nobody said anything. And so I sat down in the room and the nurse was like, okay, so you're scheduled for the 22nd. I said, hold up, wait a second. I said, is my surgery canceled or not? Because like, I need to know, like, I'm yeah. freaking out. She was like, oh, honey, no, you're fine. She was like, you're considered outpatient. The sleepers are outpatient. The bypassers are the ones that are inpatient that are done in the hospital. She said, so we're trying to move everybody around to get them in. And, you know, we may have yeah. to push our sleevers back. 
um, but you should be fine. And I was like, oh, thank God. So then my surgeon came in and he was like, I'm here to tell you that your surgery day is staying. And I said, thank God. Oh. Praise the Lord. You are oh. It's like watching an episode of Mission Impossible just to get your damn surgery done. Oh from my God, start I know. Finish. I, I yes. keep telling people, I will not be calm until I wake up in recovery. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, no, there's no way because you're, I mean, every single window is the narrowest of margins yeah. that you're eking through to get this stuff done and paperwork's right. passing at the last minute before oh, things just. Oh my gosh. I know. And like another reason for this is I've met my deductible which never happens and so like mm -hmm. I owe actually zero dollars for the surgery so like that's another reason why I'm like this has to get done before January 1st like, yes. no, there's no exceptions here so yeah oh, yes, I will yes. not be calm until I wake up in recovery and then I can say <laughs> I, yeah I don't I don't blame you there's no way you could be you're gonna I mean yeah. my gosh if you weren't on the liquid diet you'd be uh, I, you'd probably I gain another 40 pounds eating everything from the stress just from trying uh, to get the damn surgery yeah. done I know I I, I I know where you're go where you're coming from on that one. Unfortunately, I lost my mom about six years ago, so I could not imagine after after kind of a I'm not gonna say a lengthy battle, but about uh, about almost a year of, of dealing with that kind of stuff and having to do that and being in the hospital with her and do, going through all the things and setting up everything. You know, you know, after she had passed, I I couldn't imagine having to go through what I did pre-op while I was dealing with that at the same time so not yeah. only do our you know hearts and thoughts go out to you for having to deal with that at all but having to deal with it through this I just the, the strength that that takes is amazing yeah well, thank you I mean I give it all to God honestly I I mean that's just he's such a big part of my life so and I just you know that's another thing too like I just want to be a light for him and that's part of the reason I also wanted to create this platform and but also being raw and real and honest sometimes I feel like <laughs> not 100% Christian like I should be but you know I try to <laughs> I love Jesus but I cuss a little sorry there you go. There you go. <laughs> no judgment here no judgment here everybody everybody's got to live their life the way that that they are called to do so so no yeah well it's you know and your story also brings up a really important part of of weight loss surgery, which which people either underestimate or they don't know that they're going to have to go through. But you have to run a gauntlet to get approved if, if you are going through insurance. And if yeah. you do not fight tooth and nail and act like a, a bulldog and and yeah. harass people and get to know people and get people on your side, you're not going to get approved. Yeah. And if you That's are so not true. willing to kind of put yourselves in these, in the, if you're not used to like being that person, if you're not used to asking questions and fighting and reading and researching and really crossing every T and dotting yeah. every I, it's going to be a nightmare. And for, you know, they do 250,000 surgeries a year. And I think it's a miracle that that many actually get done just because I've yeah. heard so many stories similar to yours. You're just going, oh my God. And yeah, we talk to people all the time that are like, well, I started the process, but it was just too much, or it was overwhelming, or I got roadblocked, or people wouldn't talk to me or X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, why is this such a I difficult know. procedure to go through when it's a medical tool, like any other medical tool out there that we can use to live a healthy life. And the insurance companies would be money ahead. If you're going to spend a hundred thousand yeah, exactly. to get the surgery, you're going to save uh, millions of dollars in the long run between yeah. diabetes and heart issues and brain issues and all these other things. It's yep, like, it's I don't so understand. True. 
I know. It's so true. And like, you know, I, I constantly have people messaging me saying like, oh, my insurance denied me. Like, what do I do? Like, Mm -hmm. I need your help and blah, blah, blah. And so like, I love that I can be there for people, but sometimes I have to give them like, you know, tough love and say like, look, you have to fight for it. Like either you want it bad enough or you don't. And you know, I'm not saying don't be upset about it. Let yourself feel the things. Okay. I sobbed forever. You know, every Mm -hmm. time I got a denial, I sobbed and I said, but then you got to pick yourself up and you Mm -hmm. got to figure out, okay, what's my next move? Like, what do I need Mm -hmm. to do? Like, who do I need to call? Who do I need to contact? Like, and you just, you just got to keep going. You know? Well, and that was the crazy thing. Like for for me, the only way I knew that my job was so easy to do it was because there was nine other people at my job that had already gone through it. There you go. Like, oh, they they were like, it's cake. Like you skate through it, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's good to know. Well, so I told my wife about it, and she went to her work, and they were just like, oh, no. fucking die and be fat. We don't give a shit. Like, sorry about your <gasps> life. Like, no, we don't cover that. Like, get oh, out of here. Gosh. And so she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she did it. She looked at hers right before I had mine, which was February and March of, of yeah. 2020. And so she's like, I'll just have to be put on your insurance. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not until, you know, yeah. October that we open open enrollment, and it won't go into effect until January of 2021. Right. So Mm -hmm. she's waited all year long watching me go through my process and my progress to now just be ready. Like we added her in October, like we were supposed (gasps) to. You did? Okay, I was going to ask, like, where are we at in this? Oh, oh, no, we definitely added her in October. The day it was open, we added her. So she'll go live January 1st. And we have the same primary care physician. So she's already been prepping her versus my pre-work to get her ready so she's really just snap crackle pop and i'm yes. hoping we can get my my hope is that we can get her close to if not my same surgery date so we'll have the same surgery date just a year apart i love that that's amazing that's, that's, oh that's good well point. i'll be praying for her that thing's go smoothly you. thank you yep. so much yep all right. So now that we know that you have run the gauntlet between your your personal life yeah. and life with the insurance, you are now three days away or two days away from from your procedure. Yeah. So we have some we have some some questions that we want to ask you okay. just about where you're at now, knowing that you are so close to to really changing yeah, totally. your life forever. Okay. So what has been running through through your mind recently that's related to your weight loss surgery? What is just, is there something keeping you up at night? Is there something that's like, what, what is, what is right there at the top? Oh my Day gosh. I know. The liquid diet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I've been on my liquid diet. This is day seven of my liquid diet and oh my God, like this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I mean, I will say <laughs> it's funny because you know, April, you had messaged me and you sent me this voice memo that like, I literally am probably going to keep listening to like over and over because like, I, I just wish somebody would have told me this and nobody told me this, like before starting my liquid diet that like, you're going to question everything. You're going to question every decision you've ever made in your life up until this point. Yes. Question: What the hell are you doing? Like, what are you getting yourself into? Like, Mm -hmm. how are you going to get through this? You know, and like that's literally been my mind the last week. Like, I am just so drained. Like, I am just, I'm so over it. I, I don't know how people do this for more than seven days. I, I truly do not understand. Like, I'm just, yeah, I'm dying. So, (laughs) I, I definitely have been thinking about 
you know, like, what am I getting myself into? And then I just keep thinking, I'm like, okay, here's the thing though. It's not going to feel like this after surgery. Like it's just, it's going to be totally different. And this is just to prep myself. This is so that I'm not sick after surgery. This is so that I'm not like overly constipated and like, you know, like, so Mm -hmm. I keep telling myself like, this is literally temporary. It's literally just preparation. Like Mm -hmm. this is not the rest of your life. And so I I'm battling those two sides. (laughs) Yes. It's, it is such a, Jason will, will share his experience, which was opposite from what you and I, uh, what you're going through and what I went through. Uh, but yeah, but it's amazing what your mind will do when all of a sudden you take that food away. When, when you take the thing away that you were using to cope with life, when all yes. of a sudden that's away and you're just le- your brain is just left to go, oh, 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 I see you now. Yeah. Oh, look, look who's here. And you're like, what the fuck? But the crazy <laughs> thing is, is that yeah. the food was stopping all of those thoughts beforehand because it was just what you could use to zone out and, and tune yeah. out and right. It was what you did. And then all of a sudden when that's gone, you're just left with your raw brain and that raw connection that you have with food. And it is terrifying because it is amazing how powerful those thoughts and those stories are. And it's really dark. It's really scary. And if you can't come up with what you have come up with, which is, okay, no, no, here's why I'm doing this. It's so that I'm healthy after surgery. It's so that I don't, you know, things don't go wrong during surgery. If you can't tap into that rational part of your brain, ooh, Ooh, that's why yeah. you see people literally like the day of surgery they're like no I'm not doing this and they yes and they, and they skate out and you're just going you were there what are you yeah. doing you're literally right there yeah you're literally right you are yeah. letting the most irrational part of your brain talk you out of one of the best things that you could do for your life yeah the morning of oh. my surgery the guy that was supposed to be next to me that was coming in he wouldn't have breakfast before he came to have surgery it was like what do you mean I can't still go through with it mm-hmm. like you you just left Denny's numb nuts. What do you mean you can't go through? Yeah, you got a belly full of food, jackass. Like, go start mm-hmm. over. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. God. I was, somebody was telling me about how um, when they were in recovery, there was another guy there who was like really sick, was like not tolerating it well. And he admitted to the nurse, she overheard their conversation. He said, yeah, I did not do the liquid diet. Like I had pizza and mm. burgers and like, he's like, I didn't do it. And mm-hmm. so like, he was like sick as all get out and I'm like oh my god and so then you know I'm like thank you for telling me that because like like that you know eases my mind a little bit you know but yeah well and I think in most surgeons if they find out that you have not if they have assigned a liquid diet to you or a specific diet and they find out you have not been true to that they will not uh oh I believe no you don't because they're risking you know, their stats, not only are they risking your life, but they're risking their stats. I mean, these surgeons want to have a hundred percent success. And if you can't even get your ish together to do uh, a really, in the grand scheme of things, a very short liquid diet, you're not going to be successful after surgery. You're going to eat through it. You're not going to do anything that they say. So why would they want you on their team? They don't. Agreed. Agreed. They don't. No, totally. Well, well, Jason, you had a, yeah, your pre-op diet was forever and you had a breeze with it. Yeah. Mine, mine was, mine was two weeks and my surgeon sat me down and was really pretty upfront with it. Cause it, when I first came in, he was like, what surgery are you looking at? And I said, well, I was, I was like, I'm kind of batting back and forth between the, the, the full bypass and the sleeve. I said, but I really think I want the sleeve. 
And after he did my little pre-workup, he's like, you're too high risk for the bypass. He goes, you're too old and you're too big. And I said, okay, we'll sleeve it in. I said, that made it pretty simple. And he was like, so we're going to do the two-week liquid diet. He goes, but this is to shrink your liver. He's like, if you don't shrink your liver and I get in there digging around, I could nip it. And if I nip it, there's big problems for you. And I was like, well, okay. So if I'm already high risk enough, I don't want to even create any more problems yes. than there already could be. I was mm -hmm. like, so I'm going to play the game. Like I knew already ahead of time that I had a major, like I basically lived on Mountain Dew before I had surgery. Well, yeah. a year before I knew I was going to have it, when I was approved and all that stuff, I just quit drinking it because I was like, I know that I got really bad caffeine headaches on top of the migraines I already get. And I was like, there's no way I want to be trying to recover from surgery oh, yeah. that at the same time. So mm -hmm. I kicked that, you know, did, did a lot of pre-work ahead of time and just kind of going through the motions in my head about what I knew my life was going to have to be like when I you know, after surgery so that I wouldn't have such a hard time with it. And I got to the two week liquid diet and literally lived off of, you know, sugar-free jello and popsicles plowed through those like nobody's business, two shakes a day and pretty yep. much all the water I could get a hold of. Now I did have a food funeral, much like you did. Yes. Um, I, I felt so bad for you that you crushed all the Krispy Kreme and couldn't really continue <laughs> with your day like you wanted to. <laughs> So oh my so gosh, I know. Oh, they were so good. No, I regrets. get it. I 100% got it. Like, I connected. I was like, dude, those are so bomb. When you open the box, I was like, damn. Was everybody, like, what? She's like, what are you looking at? And I was like, dude, look at these donuts. And she's like, food porn. Really, dude? And I was like, I mean, maybe a little. So, you got to do what you got to do. Right. I'm like, look, I can't eat it. I was like, but damn, I can look at it. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I felt really bad about that because I literally, she was like, what do you want to do? So literally Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I went out, I did it. I did it big. Yeah. I had a 28 ounce ribeye. I had- Oh my pizza. God, that sounds I amazing. Had, <laughs> I had chicken Alfredo. Like I went hard in the paint. So I was laughing because I, uh, you know, when we first originally started talking about it, I was like, you're not going to eat all that in one weekend. I was like, I was like, we're going to, or I'm going to. I was like, yeah, but it's the hell I, am. I was like, oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, there's no way in hell I'm gonna I'm gonna tap dance into this thing and not you know go out <laughs> with a bang. But I told April, like I mentioned it on one of the other podcasts, I was like, I literally like when I knew how bad the problem was because I always knew that I was big and I knew I ate too much and I knew it was a problem, but I didn't know the dependency portion of it yeah. until I went to the doctor's office for my for my like, just, we were, we were basically tying loose ends up to make sure everything was a go. And they were like, okay, well, we can do your surgery on the 11th, which means you start your liquid diet on Monday. And this was a Friday. And I was mm -hmm. like, but, but we're going to have a potluck at work on that day. When I get <laughs> back, I was like, and it's going to be like the best potluck that we've had yeah. at work ever. I was like, and I started thinking of other stuff I wanted to do. And I second guessed pushing my surgery date. Oh my I started gosh. to be like, maybe I don't want to do that on the 11th. And I, I, I sat back in my chair and I was like, you moron. I was like, if you don't spit it out and tell this dude you're going to do it on the 11th, I was yep. like, that's the dumbest shit ever. So I pulled the trigger and went for the 11th. Now, when I got to work and that potluck kicked off, I kicked myself in the ass because I was like, everything that I ever could have yeah. wanted 
was at my yeah. fingertips in yeah. mass quantities. And I yeah. just had to sit there with my jello, like, oh, no, I'm good. But it's so irrational. Did you? Yeah, I would have gone to my car. I would have not even joined. <laughs> I would have gone but, I, but I knew. The, the, and I thought about it because I was like, this is going to happen one of two ways. I'm either going to run from this or I'm going to immer just immerse myself in it because this is how I'm going to have to live forever. Yeah. I was like, so if I can't do it right now, you. I'm not going to be able to do it after that fact. And it sucked because the very next day I was trapped in a, in a, in a little, small little meeting room with two other people that were plowing through pizza. And I'm sitting there with my shake like, hmm, protein shake. Yeah, it's You're good. strong, dude. I commend so you for that. It, it sucked because there was very little ventilation in that room. So it was just me and pizza. Oh, yeah. And two people it's just your through it. It, it was hard. I was just like, no, you guys are great. That's, um, oh my but, yeah. God. But you know, we, in all the conversations that we've had with, with surgeons and with other people in the community who are familiar with this experience, you know, the, the, the stats say that people who can commit to it, people who can get through the pre-op stages and, and actually follow, follow what they're supposed to do, have such a higher percentage of success after surgery. Because yeah. if you start, if you allow your rational brain to start kicking in before surgery and you start noticing and wondering and having these hard conversations with yourself, you are preparing for what is coming afterwards. And, totally. and com yeah. coming face to face with that before is, is key. It's not pleasant. It's not enjoyable. It's very dark. Yeah. But I know it's going to be such a crucial part of all this. Yes. And that's what I try to keep telling myself, you know, like yes. you're going to look back a year from now and be like, yes. I did that. And like, look yes. where I am now, you know? Yes. Yes. So. Oh my gosh. It'll, okay. It'll be, it'll be funny pretty close after surgery because you'll look back and be like, this shit wasn't even that hard. But you'll yeah. look back at your videos that you're doing mm -hmm. that you that you did all Blair yes. Witch style and you're like, how am I surviving? Yes. And you'll be like, that shit wasn't even that bad. Like, because yeah. I don't even remember. I remember like right. three days of my liquid diet. And that's about it. Yeah. Like, was it really that traumatic? You know? Yeah. If you can't oh, it is in the moment. Right now, right now, 100% yeah. it, it sucks right now. Yeah. Uh, well, no, this I, is I'm real. That. I know. What you're, <laughs> what you're experiencing is real, but you're going, but the growth and the strength that you are going to accumulate very quickly after yeah. your surgery is going, that's why, you know, that's why it's scary beforehand because I, I went into surgery really worried that I was going to be a totally different person and I didn't want to be a different person. But now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm so glad I am a different person. I, I yeah. wouldn't have been able to find success if I had stayed the old, totally. the old me, the old me was weak sauce. And now I'm like superwoman. So that's okay. Yeah. That right. That, that things kind of got switched. Okay. So my next question for you is, uh, are you worried about something? Is there like a big worry that, that you have right now? And what are you doing to kind of quell that worry? You know, everybody's been asking me like, Oh my gosh, are you getting nervous? And I'm like, no, I, I have no, I have no fears about the actual procedure. I don't know why I'm just, I'm not nervous about it at all. Like, um, I'm more worried about just the change afterwards. And like, you know, like knowing, like I, I need to like learn to trust my body and like knowing like when enough is enough, like not making myself sick. Like that's more what I'm scared about, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I really, I'm just ready to get the freaking show on the road. 
Yep. There's, <laughs> there's, there's training wheels for that. that worry. Don't you worry. Like my right, right shortly after anything that I would eat or drink when I finally got to the point where I could, my no, I, I was I'm one of those that my nose will run like a faucet when I'm full. Like it happens really? after, after a couple of bites, my nose is like, hey, what's up? Boom. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm what? Like, That's, That's cool. cool. Is that like a thing? I want my yeah. nose to run. Just like tell yeah. me, okay. All right, we're done. Yeah. It just it starts it, well, it starts with a little bit and then it'll just be like, Yep, you're done. And I'm like, okay, pack it up. That's and so that funny. that really is the magic of surgery. I didn't believe that I would know when I was full because I never knew when I was full before surgery yeah uh, and I just thought I, th this just can't be true but yeah no after surgery you <laughs> and the fact that you you're going to have this wonderful tool that's going to very quickly tell you oh no I am full and it's a sensation you've probably never experienced before ever but just the fact too that you already know like oh I'm really going to have to start listening to my body and even if you don't know what that means yet or what that feels like that's the tool of surgery it's going to teach you that instantly and then you're gonna go oh this is what normal people this is what people who don't struggle with weight feel like all the time and, and all of a sudden you're gonna be able to articulate how you never felt that way before and why yeah. you had such a difficult time you know with, with the weight before so okay so here's a question that I did not tell you I was gonna ask you before and okay. I just want your I just want your honest answer okay do you believe with 100 percent certain certainty weight loss surgery will work for you yes like no hesitation. I wouldn't do it if I didn't think that, you know, like I didn't put myself through actual hell, like to not succeed at this, you know, like yes. at 100, 1000%. Yes. Okay. I will succeed. Okay. For sure. I, I love it. I have to, I have to agree just based on watching your journey and your story up until this point, talking to you today, just, just drives point drives that point home that I, I truly believe it will because you you seem very strapped into the, to the just not only the idea but kind of how the transition's going to be and the fact that yeah. you're kind of running headlong into it really it, it really kind of reminds me of, of part of my journey and the way I kind of just took it head on and, and ran with it so I, I have to yeah. agree I think you'll do I think you'll do amazing things. thank you <laughs> Well, and I, I like ask, I love asking people that question because I did not, I was 99% sure surgery would work, but really? I, I had, oh yeah, I had 1% because I tried, I tried everything before and nothing worked. Yeah. So I don't, I didn't have any evidence that anything in the world would actually help me live at a healthy weight. So uh, I think it's important that people know that you can have it. You, you can be successful yeah. and be like me or be like you it, that, you know, it's that just the point. Very interesting. Right. But it's just yeah. the fact that you commit to whatever is coming your way. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. you know that Mack trucks are, are coming at you full speed, but you are prepared to deal with that as they come on. And that's yeah. the difference, right? Either for 99 yeah. or 100, knowing that we're committing to what we anticipate is coming our way and that we have the tools and and we have the ability to gather the tools if we don't have them is is what allows people to, to find success after weight loss surgery. So, Definitely. well, and one of the things too, like, and because I fully understand where Katie's coming from when she says she worries about eating through being full, because all of us that overeat know there's a wall that you hit before yeah. surgery where you're eating and you're like, man, I feel kind of full, but this shit's so good, I'm not done yet. So <laughs> you push you through the wall, shit, and then you're sick for hours. Like that's how I right. get when I overeat. You, you like, push, mm -hmm. you push through the wall. You you pile a few yep. more in, you pile a few more on, and then you're like, you know, then after you feel horrible, 
and yeah, yeah. that's just not uh, yeah it's not that kind of party after the fact so you're, you're, <laughs> you're okay you got no you got about sure. a six month window in there where it's going to be like no we're not doing that now yeah like i told april Good. the other day you you will have what's called the, what i like to call the chinese food effect you get about an hour about an hour yeah. about 45 minutes to an hour in and you're like i can go again like you may get that, a bite or two yeah 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 you, yeah you you could you could go back and graze a little bit but yeah, yeah. you're not going to be like i'll just push through the wall because now nah, now nah, that wall's not moving not no. moving no it's not all right so katie what do you think your life will be like after weight loss surgery what do you think will change or what are you hoping will change and what do you hope will stay the same oh my gosh i <laughs> i literally do not stop dreaming about my future and like I think that's why I'm so motivated too is because like I just I'm such a dreamer I'm such a daydreamer and you know I just I cannot wait to go shopping <laughs> like I cannot wait for shopping to be an enjoyable experience again I mean I think maybe it was at one point in my life a long time ago you know and I mean I like to go shopping but like a lot of times I don't like to go with friends because I can't shop at the stores that they can you know a lot of mm -hmm. times like I remember this last time I went to the mall with my friend there's a store and they give you a free t-shirt with like a $30 purchase or something I don't know and like they only carry them in small medium and large so like I couldn't mm -hmm. even get one I was like why would I get one I can't even wear it you know mm -hmm. and so it's that was frustrating you know I was like come on so I just can't wait to be able to just shop wherever I want you know and I can't wait to just like not sweat all the time like sitting here right now like pool of sweat on my ass and like I just would love to just like not sweat all the time that would be great mm. um you know my therapist I was talking to her at our last appointment and she was like I feel like this is just going to be like a springboard for you and that it's just going to like propel you into so many other places in your life and like that that is what I want I want energy I want to want to work like currently I love doing nothing my favorite hobby is doing nothing and I hate that about myself and I hate that I'm lazy I hate that I'm okay with laying around and not doing shit because I'm lazy and I have no energy um, and I'm depressed so I just want to have energy to actually live life I want to enjoy life something that I want to stay the same is I want it to change, but also stay the same. My relationship with my husband, um, he's amazing and he loves me so much. And I know he does, and he would do anything for me. And I just want to fall more in love with myself. So I'm able to fall more in love with him. You know, like I, I don't, he, I, I know he's worried about the whole, like 80% of people get divorced after bariatric surgery. Like, I know he's worried about that. I don't know why. I don't know like what it is that like scares him about that but like I I want him to know that like that's not even on my radar like I mm -hmm. I know we're not going to be a statistic like that you know like if anything I want this to give me more confidence so I'm willing to let him in more so I'm willing to love him more you know if that makes any sense but yeah I I understand that completely I think in in that area of our life you and I are very much aligned very much yeah. aligned. Um, I'm, I tend to be a very private person and, um, yeah. And it's very hard for me to let people in, you know, at, at really yeah. a very deep level, even though we've been married for, you know, nine years now. Um, yeah. it's, 
it's very difficult. And I, I can say that my experience, it, it's, it has done for me what you were hoping it will do for you and for our right. relationship. It's not help. perfect. Good. Yeah, it, it's, but it is a very different experience. And really just for what you said, because it's allowed me to have a different relationship with myself. It's allowed yeah. me to understand more about me and why I do the things that I do and how those can be damaging to myself and to my relationship. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I absolutely understand that. Yeah. What, what has been the most helpful for you before weight loss surgery? Have, have there just been like things or people or resources that have just been like, oh my gosh, this has been so helpful that you would recommend other people access? Sorry, I'm readjusting my foot's falling asleep. Um, <laughs> cannot feel it at all. Um, oh, no. Okay, resources. Yes. Um, so Instagram, 1000%. Mm. Um, I'm not kidding. I, 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 sound, I feel like I sound stupid when I say this, but like, in, or like Instagram has changed my life like oh 1000% like mm -hmm. I do you know how many people have messaged me and saying like girl you got this like you're not mm -hmm. gonna give up like you got this you can do this like this past week like mm -hmm. I like you just you know you're not alone you know and like mm -hmm. it's just it's amazing the community is amazing and that has that's my number one for sure mm -hmm. um I think it's important to develop friendships um, with people that are going through this, have gone through this, you know, like I reach out to them a lot for advice. And so that's super important, whether that's somebody at your local clinic or that's somebody that you meet through a friend or whatever, but like you need somebody in your corner, like mm -hmm. you can have all the friends and family on your side, but like you need somebody that has gone through it to give you tips. So I think those are my probably top two pieces of advice I would give as far as resources go. Yep. Absolutely. I think Jason and I would agree. That's where he and I met and we're huge supporters yeah. for each other. Yes. Well, and a hundred percent, because like I told April, I was, I, you know, part of my pre-op was, or my nutritionist had me enroll in a bariatric support group on Facebook for my surgeon's office. Okay. So I jumped in there and I'm like, I start noticing, I'm like, a lot of these people just talk shit to each other and judge each other for what they're doing yeah, and their habits and their routines. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand how this is supposed to support anybody. Like, I'm going to do it because I have to for part of, you know, to get right. the surgery. I was like, but I'm not coming to these people and asking them questions at all. I said, because all they're doing yeah, is no. judging other people and talking shit. I was like, yeah. so I, I don't like, I had an Instagram account. But I just didn't ever mess with it because I'm like, uh, you know, well, I'm you didn't know. no, and because you know? I was doing a ton of other stuff on Facebook anyway. And so I wasn't familiar enough with Instagram to really be able to, to, to go that that deep into it. So I jumped over there when I found the bariatric, uh, you know, virtual meetup that April was doing. And that's really what tapped me into the large community for bariatric patients. And now the you know, the pendulum to that has switched so far that I stay on Instagram 90% more than I do on Facebook now, except yes. for a couple of sports groups and things that I'm in on Facebook and just family and stuff that I keep up with. But for the most yep. part, yeah, I do the majority of my stuff on on Instagram just because yeah. the support is true support. And not only are we, you know, able to luckily be able enough to offer that, but the support you get, even when you're offering yes. it to other people is just overwhelmingly amazing. I just, yeah, I can't, 
I, so I, I agree 100 it, it, it's a life changer for sure yep. yeah absolutely oh, yeah so how how have you prepared for for your hospital visit or, or how are you really preparing for like what you think is coming you know the moment that you wake up or you know or the days after oh gosh yeah i don't really know i i don't really know how to answer this question because i mean everybody says like you know don't bring too much you know don't you i didn't use anything in my bag that i brought blah 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 and i'm always an overpacker so i'm like okay here's what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna plan we're just gonna make a little plan okay we're just gonna plan we're gonna write a little list make sure i have the essentials on the list and that's it we're, we're not gonna overpack we're gonna bring one outfit okay mm -hmm. you're gonna wear an outfit there that you know is gonna be cozy and then we're gonna pack one outfit we don't need we don't need all the excess you know so i'm just like trying to chill okay yeah um, your, your, your cozy pre-op outfit's coming off pretty damn quick and they're, yeah, gonna throw exactly. you down and yeah. throw, and they're gonna throw you in a gown and go hey have a seat yeah i probably mm -hmm. don't even need to bring an outfit truthfully mm -mm. um but um as far as preparing myself like are you talking about like mentally for surgery or just in general for life after surgery and yeah like just that? Yeah, just anything. Like, what what do you think is gonna okay. gonna really help you? You know, from yeah, from as soon as you wake up. Yeah. Um. So somebody told me to get a neck pillow. I literally just got this in the mail today. It's freaking awesome. Ooh, it clips nice. and it like moves around, so you can like adjust it. But like, mm, it's so cozy. So I got one of those. Somebody told me to like get that, so I'm on that. Um. I'm gonna get my prescriptions filled. My doctor already wrote me like pain meds, prescription, and all that. Um, I'm on my list to get is liquid Tylenol. I need to get magnesium citrate. I need to get, um, a few other things that I need to pick up, but small things. Um, but as far as after surgery, I mean, my husband's going to be there with me beforehand They're They are letting him come in. They were going to let him spend the night. Um, mm -hmm. they, yeah, it's crazy. I, I even asked them, I said, so like, when am I getting COVID tested? They were like, well, have you been in contact with anybody? I was like, well, I mean, no, but, and she was like, okay, well, you don't need to get tested. I was like, okay, sweet. Okay. Like, you know, whatever. Hmm. So yeah, it was kind of crazy. So like, they're just kind of like chill about it, which is nice. So um, he could spend the night if he wanted to. I told him, do not feel like you have to. Like I, I'd rather you get a good night's sleep, you know, and I probably will sleep better just like not worrying about you, so mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he'll probably come back to pick me up that morning, and then I plan to. I just want to start walking. <laughs> like everybody says, like walk, walk, yeah. walk, walk, walk. Yes. So that's my plan. I I'm actually allowed to have food like my first day. Like everybody's asking me, like, well, you're gonna have to be on liquids for like X amount of weeks after, so you need to get used to it. Every time I complain, and I'm like, okay, first of all, Karen. <laughs> I don't actually. I can have mashed potatoes my first day, so like, fuck off. Oh, well, <laughs> no, that, that's good, but because that's different. Because I was on, I was on liquids two weeks after as well. I yeah. didn't start getting mashed. No, until, I can have like food. actual food, and I think maybe I need to talk about that more on my Instagram because it's not that's not common. Like apparently, no. I, don't, I don't know. No, well, you know, this it, is my first time. It's not, but at the same time, nobody's surgeons or rules or any yeah, of that are everything's different, which is like, like my, another topic, but. Mine mm -hmm. happened directly, like COVID was starting to come around. Yeah. So I luckily got in right before all the bad stuff happened. So my wife stayed with me. I sat, I slept in the recliner and she slept in the hospital bed. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it crazy how different every surgeon is? I mean, it's just, it's odd. Even though the procedure is yeah. the exact same. It's so got, weird. 
Yeah. It's so weird. And like, I was telling somebody else how, you know, my liquid diet, I had two programs I could choose from. I could do their Optifast program or I could do the alternative. I chose the alternative because the program that they normally do, I had to pay $150 for everything. And I'm like, I'm already quarantined from work. Like I don't have this kind of money, you know? Mm -hmm. So I did the alternative, which is seven carnation shakes a day. Well, the, the plan that they normally do, um, you can have two protein bars and like soup and like all this stuff that they give you. And I'm like, okay, that's like bullshit that like, you're letting them have two protein bars a day and I'm not out of anything. So I have been letting myself have peanut butter almost every day because I'm like, you know what? I would be a lot of protein bar if I took the other plane. If I wanted to pay $150, I could be having a protein bar right oh, now. No, so. you, no you, you chose the right way because I paid the $155 for mine and I ended up giving half of mine away because I didn't eat, I didn't drink. Really? They, they, okay, didn't give me, they didn't give me an option though, because mine was just like, you can buy these from us and do it the right way, or you can take your own course and possibly damage yourself post or pre-op which one do you want to choose? And I was like, here's your money. <laughs> Give me the bag. Way to guilt me into it. Jeez. Right. right. Yeah. But, choices, huh? Thanks. Yeah. So many choices. But yeah. So, you know, I've had a little peanut butter here and there, but other than that, I've been, I've been good. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm just, you know, I've got my mashed potatoes ready and roaring. Um, I can have pudding and I can have yogurt. Um, everything has to be like thinned out with milk and like very, very smooth consistency. So, um, but yeah, I've got all that like ready to go. I did not overbuy because obviously like two bites, I'm going to be full probably the first week. So, so I just got like the cups of instant mashed potatoes that I can just make and like save throughout the day if I want a little bit more or whatever. So mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, everybody's like, your taste buds are going to change, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, fine. Like, I won't, you yeah. know. They, they, may, they may not because mine didn't. Yeah, I kind of hope mine did. Well, the only difference for me is, is that things have become, I've become a lot more sensitive to seasoning. So it takes a lot okay. less. But yeah. I, there's nothing that I didn't like before that I'm like, ooh, I just can't wait to have Brussels sprouts. Like, no. <laughs> And I've been like, okay. oh, thanks, so gross. Like, no, absolutely not. Well, and everybody's just so different. That's one of those things where you just have to get on the other side to yeah. figure out. That's that's yeah. the only, yeah, that's the only yeah. way you can do it. Yeah, for sure. All right, girl. Is there anything that you want to tell yourself that, that <sighs> you want to be able to go back to and listen to after you're on, on the other side? Is there is there like any... Yeah, I mean, this is like, this is your time to, to kind of make your own time capsule. Is there anything? I love this. I love that you include that in there. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, you can literally do anything you put your mind to. Like, you're stronger than you think you are, you know, like, literally look at what you've done. You've had liquids for seven damn days. Like, you went without actual food for seven days. Like, you can do anything and this life is worth living. So get out there and live it. That's what I, I'm Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. I cannot wait to talk to you in a few weeks after your surgery. Yeah, me too. Be, <laughs> oh my gosh. This is going to be so transformational. So transformational. I'm so ready. Oh my gosh. I'm so ready. It's going to oh. be so good. 
Oh, goodness. Okay, girl. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. We very, 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 very much appreciate it. And yeah, we will talk to you uh, in a couple weeks and awesome. see how it all went. Yay. Thank you for having me. It's been totally. so fun. I cannot oh, wait God. to follow up. Best of all right. I can wait. Yep. We are, we are in your corner the entire way. All, always. Thank all you. Right. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Hello, welcome back to part two of our interview with Katie.vsg. Hi, Katie. Hi. Oh my God, we are so excited to welcome you back. And the first thing that I said when I saw your face pop on Zoom was, holy shit, your face. <laughs> I, know. I know, I've been saying that myself. Like, I didn't notice it at first. And then like somebody was like, you need to do a side by side because like, I, I can't handle it. And so I did that and I was like, wait what like and then I looked in the mirror at myself and I was like oh oh shit like there really is a change there like it's crazy it's crazy yes yes and I think you you and I must have the similar types of bodies because my weight loss started at the top of my head and moved down you're gonna <laughs> yeah. be the exact same way Thank I'm, my. yeah oh yeah it's just gonna go this way which is totally fine I mean as long as it fine, goes I'll take it somewhere right exactly. yeah right as long as i can lose in other places other than my neck i'll be good <laughs> oh my goodness well thank you again for for joining us this is our very first like pre-post episode and um and i i think it's a pretty awesome concept jason stoked about it i know that you're excited about it but i think so much changes in our lives you know, really as soon as we wake up from bariatric surgery. Um, and it's important to take a moment and kind of reflect on all that has changed, even in a short amount of time. Uh, because I think, you know, the questions that we asked you before surgery, we're going to ask you again now after surgery. And I'm mm -hmm. so um, looking forward <laughs> to seeing how or if, you know, your answers have changed and just like how, how your outlook, you know, has. has yeah, changed. me too. I'm excited. Oh, okay. So first things first, how far out are you now of surgery and how much have you lost? I, so today is Saturday. Um, I believe this will be aired on Monday. So by that Monday, I will be right at five weeks post-op. Okay. 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 Um, and currently I am down 21 pounds in surgery and down 28 pounds overall. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's like 20 pounds is amazing, but it's like, you don't really realize how much 20 pounds is, or even almost, I guess almost 30 now until right. you experience it. And in such a short amount of time too, you know, it's like, holy cow. Like yes. I feel it everywhere. So oh, my first, my first 30 pounds, dude, you, uh, my, I was bouncing around. I was like, man, this, <laughs> this feels great. I was like, if I feel this good after 30, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when it's yes. like, I was yes. so jazzed I know. up. Like, I was Me ready too. to go. Me too. Well, you know, and I think too, what, what makes, you know, the, the weight loss after surgery different from weight loss before is that, you know, before you're, you're working your ass off and you're dropping a pound yeah. to maybe three pounds a week. And yeah. when, when you lose so gradually, it just doesn't seem like anything has changed, but then right. all of a sudden you go five weeks and I've lost, you know, five, six, seven pounds a week. It's so instant. It just feels different that, that, yeah. like, that release yes. of weight in such a short amount of time. It's like, Oh yes. my God. It just, yeah. Very, very different. Very, very yeah. different. Okay. So are you feeling kind of back to normal? Are you feeling like, yes, feeling? it's okay. so crazy. So like, 
I know April and I, you talk, we talked about, um, this before too, but I just, I had a lot of pain, um, after my surgery and I wasn't expecting that. And it's just not something that people really talk about. And like, I had heard, Oh, like you won't have an appetite, you know, you'll have to really like focus on eating and make sure you're getting enough calories. But like, that has not been my situation at all. Like I had a ton of pain and I've been hungry since post-op day one. (laughs) So like my experience has just been completely different from everything else that I had really heard. So that's why like, I'm excited that I've been documenting this from the start because I want other people to know that like, listen, stop comparing because like your situation could be completely different than somebody else's. Yes which is why these conversations are so powerful, right? Because people need to know yeah. that, that their recovery, their pre-op and their post-op can and, and will look different from other people's. It doesn't mean that something's wrong necessarily. It doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It just means right. that your body's different from mine, but it's important to know kind yeah. of like the rainbow of what you can experience so that you know, okay, if something is really crazy, you know, off the charts, you need to call your doctor, right? Yeah. But, definitely. Yeah. Right? But yeah. So like literally like three days ago is when my pain, like, I remember you told me, you're like, you're just going to wake up one day and you're going to feel incredible. Mm-hmm. And it actually happened for me. I was actually like, I knew when it happened because I was in the shower and I was like massaging my, um, incision scars because somebody told me to do that, to help alleviate some of the scar tissue. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing them. They're pretty fully healed now. And I felt this like little, like pop sensation and I knew I had a stitch that was getting ready to like dissolve and like fall out that was in my stomach muscle that they my surgeon had stitched up really tight to prevent a hernia and so like I've been waiting for uh, for that to come out and so it finally came out and like it was like instant relief it's crazy it's so crazy I like stood there and I was like because I felt it I was like what did I do what did I do like (laughs) I was like oh my god so I started moving I'm like I don't have any pain. I don't have any more pain. It was just so crazy. And right? everyone, and I told I you that too. You and I, you and I were messaging back and forth and you were like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, I'm in so much pain. I'm like, that's normal. And one yeah. day you're going to wake up and go, oh, wait a minute. I'm totally yep. fine. Yep. And that's what happened. And it's so. crazy. Ever since then, I have felt amazing. Wow. So yeah. tell us about, tell us about your, your hunger sensations. Cause I did not experience that. I don't know if yeah. Jason, if you did, but that would have had to have been a little bit frustrating because, right? I think you do go into weight loss surgery thinking I'm not going to be hungry yeah. ever again, which is not true. Yeah. Or I'm not going to be hungry for a very long time. So for you yeah. to have that hunger right away must have been like, um, <clears throat> it was weird. So to be honest with you, like now that I'm five weeks out, I am so grateful that I'm hungry still, and I'll tell you why because in the beginning, you know, like I literally like day one post up, I was like, I feel hungry. Like I need to eat something. And so like, I literally took maybe two bites of like some mashed potatoes or whatever. I was cleared to have foods from day one. Um, and I know that's not always the case for everybody. So, um, for me, I was able to have food. So I would take like a couple bites and then I would be full, completely full. And I feel great. And I'd be like, okay, this is awesome. And, you know, I was so worried about becoming dehydrated and like not getting the nutrients that I needed. And so now looking back on it, like I am stoked. Like, I love the fact that I've had an appetite because I've had no problems, like hitting my goals and getting enough water in. I haven't felt like shit at all. The only problems I've had were just with my pain. Everything else has been great. So now that my pain's over, like it's been an amazing experience for me and I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. I wasn't really, I didn't have, 
I, I was kind of in the middle. I wasn't hungry, but I wasn't nauseous either. Um, okay. I could take down, I've been pretty blessed to be able to hit about two ounces of intake of liquids at a time from day one. I, I could do two ounces and it didn't bother me a bit. Yeah. I'm up to where I can do four ounces at a time now and it doesn't bother me at all. But um, I was never really nauseous and I got hungry before I was cleared to have regular food. Mm. So I was still on liquids two weeks post-op and I wasn't able to even do soft scrambled eggs until, until that, you know, two weeks post-op was out. But trust me, the day that I was cleared, my ass was at the stove and I'm, I'm up there. <laughs> like, I was just like, that was the I best one that. single large egg I had ever had in my life. And mm-hmm. I didn't eat the whole thing, but damn that, that three quarters that I, pl- <laughs> that I plowed through, I was on it. I bet. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird how like you had a two week post-op liquid diet. I didn't. I mean, Mm -hmm. technically it was considered full liquids, but I mean, I could have cottage cheese. I could have pudding. I could have mashed potatoes. Like I could have any of that. And that I was so grateful because I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I don't have to be stuck drinking shakes. It was amazing. So, but it's just so weird how it's just so different for everybody. I'm one of the few people that loves the shakes though. I still, I still, to this day, <laughs> I wake up every morning with 11 out with, with a shake right off the jump. Just because you know, that's, yeah. that's part of my style. I'm, I'm never, I don't think I'll ever stop that. Good. Well, and you bring up a really good point that I, again, I would have, I would have never thought about you. To, to, to feel the hunger sensation and to, to have some go-to foods would, I think, really help you reach those macro goals, right? Because, I mean, like you mm-hmm. said, after two or three bites, you know that you are full and there is no desire to continue to eat, but your body is telling you, I need some nutrients, I'm, I'm needing some water, yeah. right? So you're getting very clear signals from your body. And I think after surgery for people that don't get that, it is a little bit confusing because you're, you never want to eat. So you just, you know, now you feel like you're forcing to eat yeah. when you really want to be breaking up with food. Right. So yeah, just a very right. different, like, uh, yeah, very different approach, which yeah. is interesting. Okay. Yeah, so we might've kind of already answered this question, but I want to make sure that we don't miss anything. Was your recovery what you thought it would be? Not at all. <laughs> Like not at all. And you know, I'm not going to sit here and say my recovery was bad. It's been a great recovery. It's just the first two weeks were really, really rough. And, you know, I expected to not be hungry. I expected to not have pain. I expected, I don't know. I expected to be up on my feet after a few days, feel good. I ended up having to take another week off of work, um, like expanding my time off extending my time off because I couldn't go back. I was, I just, I was in so much pain. I couldn't do it. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. Not at all what I expected, but not necessarily bad. It just, you know, took me a little yeah. extra time to get on my feet. Yep. Well, and, and sometimes I think that can be a good thing, right? Because it forces you to really understand and to think critically about what you're going through and yeah. to right and just to really be engaged with the process because if you think something's going to be one way and it's not then you know you really have to pause and kind of get like on the right track and and yeah. that is kind of a skill that you need to find success after surgery anyways so yeah yeah good to know. totally okay well and i expected the worst for, for mine i expected the worst and kind of got the best and I was back at work after six days of recovery and I can't, I'm allergic to all pain meds. So I, they, they gave me Toradol, ibuprofen and sent me to the house. They were like, take care, man, have a good one. 
Yeah. But I also sit in the office chair and just type on the computer all day. You do yeah. hair, right? So you're standing up, reaching, yeah. doing stuff. Like, yeah, there's no way I could have yeah. done that. Oh, <laughs> I forgot I didn't even yeah. think about that. And I went through two <sighs> bottles of hydrocodone, like two like full Ooh. bottles of hydrocodone, liquid hydrocodone. Like the I I know. I too. I so I went through the first bottle. I literally took my last dose on my first post-op appointment morning. And I met with the surgeon and I told him, I said, look, I said, I am in so much pain. And I said, I know, I know everybody's different. I said, but like I still need pain meds. I said, you don't have to give me as much as I got the first time. That's fine. Even just enough for the next couple of days. I, I can feel it starting to ease up, but like I literally cannot get in and out of the car without something because like yeah. I cannot get up out of bed without pain meds yeah. I'm you know hurts so yeah I went through two bottles of hydrocodone and it's crazy because I'm not I used to, like I, I don't enjoy pain medicine it kind of makes me nauseous but like I literally could not function without it yeah so, well I could and, not have done it but you know kudos to you for advocating for your needs right to, to not to, to to really be able to say no I'm in I'm in a, in a, a high level of pain I can't do x y and z I need help to get me over the hump. And clearly you were able to do that. Yeah. And now you have no, no issues whatsoever. Yeah, so. I'm great now. <laughs> Victory. Oh. That's so what has been the hardest thing to adjust to post-op? Um, so there's two things that have been really difficult. The first, the first one I'm, I'm, I'm getting past um, but the first one was just having to rely on my husband to do everything because I was in so much pain and just like not being able to fend for myself. <laughs> that was really hard. And, you know, it really teaches you to trust like other people to help you. And, you know, I just, I would get so frustrated because I would drop something on the floor and I couldn't freaking pick it up because I couldn't bend over. <laughs> you know, it's so freaking mad. You, your thing with the yes. grabber had me rolling. You're like, I didn't even think about this until I know. <laughs> so I got a hand grabber. That's been great. So like yeah. the first couple of weeks, that was, that was definitely the hardest for me. But now that I'm like living normal life, I think just like, literally transitioning from outside of my bubble, you know, like not being home by myself around my food. Like, you know, now I'm out at work where like the girls at work, like, you know, they're, they order burgers and fries and like somebody brought in cake pops the other day. And like, I walked in and one of the girls was like, you want a cake pop? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, you know, I was like, I can't have that shit. But no, I don't. <laughs> I, know. I was like it's fine I'm not mad I, was, I just think it's funny but yes. so it's like it's really like transitioning into the real world I think has been a huge challenge for me I mean I'm doing great but I know that like once I get to the point where I can eat whatever I want mm -hmm. like and that's not that far away we're looking at probably a couple months away and you know if that and it'll be around the corner you know people bring in treats all the time and so like having to like avoid that and like you know the salon girls they'll bring in donuts on saturdays and it's like oh, i can't <laughs> y'all like, oh. know donuts are my weakness oh. but just trying to like maintain like my goals and you know staying focused like being at work and being in the real world that's definitely been probably the biggest challenge for me i i appreciate you saying two things because for 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 us who are very independent 
and are mm-hmm. used to running our shit ourselves yes. <laughs> to be yeah. knocked down to the point where you have a hard time wiping yourself after using oh, the restroom is humbling, yes. right? Yeah. Humbling. <laughs> yeah. And then it's really hard to ask for help because you, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thankful that, that you said that people need to be aware that that is a big yeah. transition. Yes. And the other thing that you highlighted, which I also really had to come face to face with is that our society is rooted in every facet with food yes. that you cannot drive anywhere in your car and not be bombarded with food. You can't turn mm-hmm. on the TV and be bombarded with food. You can't listen to podcasts sometimes without being bombarded with food. It is literally everywhere. And when you take this, this brief break from it and you step kind of out of, of what was your life before, and you look at what's happening with a clear vision and a clear mind, you find, for me, I finally realized why it was so hard for me to lose weight, right? Because without this tool, you have to say no 10,000 times a minute with everything that is around you. It's insane how prevalent food is in every facet of our lives. Yeah. And another thing that's interesting is that, (laughs) so at work, we have a fridge in our back room. We keep all the drinks in there. We keep like Mm. sodas, water, you know, all that in there for our clients. So if our clients want to drink, you know, we'll go grab a drink. Well, I'm bringing my lunch every day now. And like, we used to eat out almost every single day. And so nobody ever brought their lunches. And so now there's like no room in the fridge because like I'm bringing my lunch. And now a couple other girls have started bringing their lunch. And like, so it's, it's interesting. Cause I'm kind of starting to influence them to like eat better, which is great. Like, I'm glad that, you know, I don't, I don't ever want anybody to feel like they have to, but like, you know, if they want to start caring about their health too, that's great. But like, yeah. now we're running into the problem where we have no room in our fridge to put anything. <laughs> so it's like, it's just funny that like, you know, like we used to eat out every single day, almost, I mean, literally every day, it would just be a conversation like, okay, what are we getting for lunch today? What are we ordering? Yeah. You yep. know? And so yep. like, that's completely changed now. Yeah. And it's just, it's just interesting, you know? Well, and I, I think before, you know, which we talk about, Jason, and I talk about often, we're always harping on people to track, but yeah. the reason that people don't want to track is because you know that you're not making the healthiest decisions for yourself. But right. if you track that, you would have to acknowledge that reality. And when Absolutely. you don't track, you're just saying like, well, I ain't healthy today. Bullshit. You ate out every day. Yeah. Right. You just, you just conveniently forgot that because you weren't actually engaged with your health. And now that you've made this switch, you're going, oh my God, I didn't realize really, I didn't acknowledge what was actually happening in my life before surgery. So yeah, so true. So so it's it's those same hard conversations that we have to have with ourselves before we have weight loss surgery about how we treat our body it's the same way after the fact, because well, like Katie said, once you get out there far enough and you can eat whatever you want yeah, and yeah. the temptation is there, you're self-reliant at that point. You don't have anybody to yeah. fall back on. You got to have, you, you have to hold yourself accountable if you don't have an accountability partner there with you, mm-hmm. that you have to make that hard decision for yourself and say, what's more important to me, the right now or the, you know, the later yeah. on, the, or for, like for me in the morning when I get up and get on the scale, you know, am I going to choose right now that I want this, you know, whatever it is, or am I going to have that conversation where I fight with myself over stepping on the scale in the morning? Yep. No, it's, yeah, it's totally. 
It's my favorite. It's my favorite quote. And I'm, and it's my quote. I'm straight up owning it. I own it. But it's, if we want to see change, we have to choose what we want most over what we want right now. Yeah. I've heard you say that. And I love that quote. And another, another thing that I always think of in my mind is something that Natalie told me. And, um, she said, she told me, she said, look, food is never going to go away. She was like, it'll be there tomorrow. You're not missing out on anything. And I'm like, that's so true. That is so true. Like, no, I don't want those cake balls today. I can go buy one from Starbucks anytime I want. Like, I don't need that, you know? So like now I try to think of it in that way. Yep. We, uh, we, we talked about that on a struggle bus, right? The key is to tell yourself not now, but tonight, right? Or not now, but tomorrow. Cause yeah. you're not saying no, you're just saying, right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not eat have it, it right later. now. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But again, that's the power of, that's the power of food, right? That's, that's the, that's the negative pull to that. That's, that's our addiction, our dependence and our tolerance working right. overtime to keep us where we are at. And yeah, mm-mm. yeah, never again. Okay. So what has been the biggest physical change that you've noticed post-op? Oh my God, so many. (laughs) Like, it's so crazy. I already have so many things. Okay, so I cannot remember exactly what I told you were my challenges from our last video, our last recording. Um, But in case I didn't say it, work like work is really hard like I love to do hair but like I'm just being on my feet you know I'm exhausted every day Mm -hmm. and just sweating profusely all the time like that was such a problem for me like I don't have that problem anymore I don't I've only lost 28 pounds and like I'm not sweating anymore I literally came home the other night and I like started cleaning the kitchen, doing dishes, cook dinner. Like, I'm like, how do I have the energy to do this? Like I used to come home from work and literally go to bed. Like I would literally go to bed and like we'd order out or something because I didn't feel like doing anything. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy. But like the number one has been the sweating. Like I, (laughs) it's amazing. I don't, I don't have hair sticking to me anymore. Like I used to from work and it's just, it's incredible. Like it really that is. That is one that you've listed before was being on your feet, <laughs> was it? feet hurting oh, and yeah. sweating. So yeah. Yes. That's, that's it. And yeah. it's crazy because I used to be literally like I was never, it could be 40 degrees outside. I would be in shorts and a polo, didn't own yep. a coat, didn't own a hoodie. Like I, I was that guy. Mm-hmm. And now every day when I get up, it puts, you know, slippers on, throw a sweatshirt on because it's chilly outside and people look yep. at me like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like you used to live with a fan on. And I'm like, oh, look, I don't know. But Not I don't anymore. Do <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, oh, man, your, your boy gets chilly now. Like yeah. that's a yeah. thing. Oh, I used to, I used to sweat getting out of the shower. So me too. Yeah. Oh, dude. Like what? I wrote my Peloton last night for the first time in about a month. And, uh, and I was barely sweating. And I, I feel today, like I smoked two packs of cigarettes last night, because that's how out of shape I am. But the fact that I got off the Peloton and I was like, oh, I don't have to change my clothes. Who am I? What? Yeah. Okay. A whole new world. I feel like Ariel. Uh, so tell us what has been the biggest mental challenge post-op? It's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think just keeping up with everything, you know, like, it's just crazy. I keep thinking, I'm like, how is this all happening so fast? Like mm-hmm. I'm already down a size in pants, you know? And like, it's, I think just like 
my mind catching up to it because like when I look in the mirror, I don't really see all of these changes yet. So I think just like trying to like stay on track, like with, okay, like where am I at in this? Like what's happening? Like, I don't know. I just, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around. It seems really surreal. And like, I think honestly, like I've done really well with like my eating and stuff because I have to, because I tell myself like, look, you're going to throw up if you eat something like that, you know, or something that's bad. So, you know, I haven't had a whole lot of challenges in that respect, but like, as far as just like me personally, like, yeah, I like, it's so, it's just so weird that I'm down a size in pants already. And like, I it's, it's been a month. So like, I think just keeping up, you know, that's the hardest part. Well, and I think Jason and I often talk about this, right? We, we saw ourselves at our highest weight for so many years. Yeah. So much rapid change happens really overnight. Your brain and your eyes have a very hard time processing what it's seeing because it just doesn't make sense. It's never happened before. So you're just, it is, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in and a lot to try to stay on top of. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think you're prepared for until you yeah. kind of until you go through it. Yeah, you go through it. Well, and and I was the first person to think that body dysmorphia was bullshit. I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I was like, you get, you, I mean, you lose weight, you're gonna lose weight, you're gonna see the difference. It's just gonna be that way. Yeah. And then I had surgery, and I'm like, I still feel like I'm fat as shit. Like I feel like I had lost five pounds, and even though I'm going to the store, you know, and buying stuff off the rack that I was never able to do before unless yeah. it was a big and tall store. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm taking the side-by-side pictures and looking at them and I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like I, I look really thin in that picture, but I'll look in the mirror and be like, well, I'm a little bloated today. I feel like I'm way bigger now than I was in that picture that I just took 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. literally how your mind will not yeah. let you like visualize <laughs> yeah. in a mirror what it just took a damn picture of five seconds ago. And you're like, well, I don't know what the difference is between now and then, but I feel, you know, there is no difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. So what about emotional? What what has been the biggest emotional change that you've noticed post-op? <laughs> um I'm so much happier. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's in like I said, I'm still at the very beginning of this, but like <laughs> I just even even the girls at work they're like you just are glowing like there's just something about you that is so different and I'm like I know it's because life isn't miserable anymore you know and like I know I'm still far from where I want to be but like I think the changes in my face is something that I can see you know so I think that that is what really like keeps me going too but like I just I don't know. I feel like I have purpose. You know, I feel like I have something to look forward to now. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm so excited for the future. And I know I have more confidence in myself. Like, it's funny, like, now that I'm not in pain, like me and my husband can get it on. And like, you know, I actually want to. <laughs> so like, that's a big thing too. But I'm sure he appreciates. But I yeah, was say, I'm sure your husband is thrilled with that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like it's just nice like it just feels good like it's just life is fun now you know yep, yep. so okay you, I'm, I'm trying to think Good about question. how I want to frame I'm trying to think about how I want to frame this question because I don't want to deco- I, I'm just going to ask it and, and please yeah. know that I'm asking you from a, a position of love yes did you have purpose in your life before surgery 
did, but I think, I don't know. I also, I was just, how do I say this? I know I've always known that I have purpose in my life. I've, I've never really felt like I didn't matter, but I guess it's just, I'm not depressed anymore. And so like, I feel excited about finding out more of what my purpose is, if that makes sense. You know, I kind of just felt like I was just living, you know, but like now I feel like I have something to live for, if that makes sense. It's the difference of going through the motions and it's what, it's the hope that comes out of the the transitions that you see and the hope attaches itself to the drive to find the purpose because before you feel like you have purpose but you don't know what it is yeah I don't know what it is and I didn't really know how to find it and now I feel like I I feel like I know that it's out there and then I can find it if that makes sense it's hard to like comprehend that and you're just exhausted from going through the motions of life at such a heavy weight yeah that you just not only do you not have the strength or the courage or the whatever it is to find that part to dig for the purpose but everything about weight loss surgery changes not only your perspective but you know everything about your compositional makeup like everything changes and as your body starts to change you know that energy starts to build and the confidence starts Mm -hmm. to build and you're like not only do you start thinking, well, hey, let's tackle the day. I want to get out there and fucking kill the day. Then you start thinking, <laughs> yes. what about tomorrow? What about next week? What about down yeah. the line? And then somebody comes at you and says, hey, you're looking great. Like you said, you've already made changes at work. People are starting to bring their lunch. So that starts to inspire you as you inspire other people. And that drive just builds and you start thinking, there's got to be something I can do to channel all this energy. And that's what you start doing. You start finding that purpose and you find something and you just light that fire. And that's, I mean, that's what I found. Luckily, I, you know, two weeks post-op, I found April and we started this. So, so, I mean, it builds and it's, we've seen it build in so many patients post-op that that's kind of been the cool thing for me is starting to see what other people find that lights that fire under them. Yeah. And like what you said about, like, it's, it's more than just getting through the day. Like that is the perfect way to explain it because it's like, I'm not waking up in the morning, just like trying to get through the day. It's like, I'm excited for the day. You know, I'm excited for like what opportunities the day is going to hold. So like, that is like a whole different mindset that I've had. It, it reminds me of a conversation that I had with Wendy recently. You know, I, I asked her, why does it feel like some days are easier than others? And she'd said, well, I mean, you wake up every day with some pre-existing conditions. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I mean, some days you work is going to be easy or a relationship as well, right? Like you're, you're not worrying about, the, you know, these things are not there. And then other days you wake up and you've got a shit ton of stuff that's really going to prevent mm-hmm. you or it's going to require more of your time. So that pre-existing condition really dictates your day. And just listening to this conversation, it really, it, it really hits home because before surgery, you had a massive pre-existing condition, which was your addiction or dependence or tolerance on food and then your yeah. physical size. So really all you had the energy for today, for that day was just doing the bare minimum to get through because mm-hmm. you spent so much of your time worrying or thinking about food. And then when that's gone, right, you, that pre-existing condition is gone. And just like what you said, you go from making it through the day to 
powering through the day. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the physical weight that has changed. Yes, that's a component to it, but so much other stuff is yeah. accessible all of a sudden when, when right. the weight's gone. Oh, that's so, it, so it's, this is it's a like, lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Well, it's and this lot. is like serendipitous or fortuitous. I don't even, I don't know what, if I'm using the right word, but my very next question on this, on my uh, show notes is what's giving you hope? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Meant to be totally <laughs> totally serendipity by the way it's an amazing movie I love it I hate it and I love it you know I do too yeah drives me crazy um what's giving me hope oh so many things (laughs) like I think like I just feel more capable you know like I just I feel capable of going after things that like I didn't think I could do before because a I didn't have the self-confidence and b because I just physically like did not have the energy and so you know I feel like now like especially with my career you know I don't know if I'm gonna be doing hair for the rest of my life but like at least where I'm at now, like, I want to work more, you know, like, I don't dread it. I don't dread like, oh my God, I have so many clients today. I'm going to be so exhausted. Like I used to think that all the time. And now I'm like, sweet, like who's on my book today? Can we squeeze in another person? You know? So it's like, I just feel like I have more like opportunities that I can chase after now. Cause like physically I can do it. And like, I feel confident in myself that I can do it. So I don't know. I think a lot of that gives me hope and just like, honestly, just like picturing myself going shopping, like in the future and like being able to shop literally wherever I want, like <laughs> that gives me hope. Like, I'm so excited. Like I have my aesthetic all on my Pinterest board of like what I want to wear. And like, for some reason, like, I don't know why this is, but I, when I dream about like my future self as, a, as like thin and healthy, like I also like somehow have money in the future and like can just buy whatever I want. I don't really know like <laughs> how those two correlate, but like I have all these like ideas of like what I want to wear and like yada, yada, yada. And it's like, well, you know, I, I don't really know how that's going to happen, but well, we'll get you're, there. You're, you're manifesting it. It's totally fine. Yeah, manifesting it. Totally. There you, go. Totally. There you go. It's all good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. So what, what has been your biggest aha moment post-op? Um, okay. Um, well, this, there's a couple. So the appetite thing was a huge aha moment for me because mm-hmm. that was something I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not had any problems tolerating anything. I haven't been sick once. I haven't had any dumping. I haven't thrown up like no nausea no nothing so like every single thing that I've eaten I've been able to tolerate um so that's kind of cool like I'm actually really stoked about that because it opens a lot of doors for me as far as like trying new things and recipes things like that Mm -hmm. um and then I think my other aha moment is probably kind of like what we discussed before about like how much our world revolves around food and like how much of my life revolved around food you know and you know you think about (laughs) I was thinking about my liquid diet like not too long ago because that's when we last recorded and how hard that was for me and you know it's it would still be hard for me now but like you know the fact that I ate Krispy Kreme and Chinese food and whatever it was I had at my last meal, (laughs) you know, I was eating that stuff 
pretty much every day, you know, for so Mm -hmm. long. And so Mm -hmm. like that just like made my liquid diet so much worse. And now I feel like things would just be so different because I'm, I'm learning, you know, how to eat to live instead of living to eat, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is, uh, what is stressing you out at the moment? Is there anything that that's stressing you out or? Mm. Yes. I, well, kind of. So I'm getting used to this, but like thinking about having to do this, like all the time in the future is just a lot to wrap my mind around, but like meal planning, meal prepping, like uh. knowing that I constantly have to have a plan for everything. And like, that's kind of stressful to me to, cause like I, on my days off, like that's when I go and run errands, you know, and I'll be out for, you know, hours. And so like now before I go out, I have to think, okay, I need my cooler. I need an ice pack. I need a drink. I need a protein shake. I need a couple small meals. Like, you know, like I just, I have to have everything planned because I refuse to be stuck and make a bad choice. And so like, I'm trying to like make that just a way of life now, instead of thinking of it, like, Oh, something I have to do. Like, no, like you need to do it. Like failure to plan is planning to fail. So like, you know, I keep telling myself that too. Yes. Yes. And and I think it, at first it feels overwhelming because you're also dealing with all of these other changes. Yeah. But I think what Jason and I have both found is that we always have go-to products in our home that if we know like, Oh, I got to run out quick. I'm going to be gone a couple hours. I'm grabbing a shake, a bar and this and boom. Right. And pretty soon that is just going to become so routine that it's not going to feel like it's a, like something to stress, but I can absolutely see where, yeah, that would be like, mm, change. <laughs> this is strange. This is, well, and especially before, and I think what you don't realize is that before surgery, you were stressing about food all the time yeah. because you were thinking about what's my next meal or what do I really yeah. want? What am I craving? Right. So yeah. now you just swap that for now I have to think about different foods in different ways, yeah. but you're still right. You, yeah. You're, you're still thinking about it. Just yeah, it's just yeah. Well, luckily, there's a lot of things now that they sell that are easy go to, like little protein packs and the things yeah. like that that you can grab, and you know, little little things you can put together that are a lot easier now For than sure. it was, you know, before. So at yeah. least that, you know, and and eventually it will get to something, you know, where it's just second nature for you to do versus something that you feel like it's something that you have to just, you know, yeah, another task that you have to do before you leave. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you kind of already told us like what, what you're most excited for really uh, in the future, but how do you think your life is going to continue to change the further you move away from your surgery? Oh, gosh. I feel like, I feel like, like, I mean, I know I'm going to have restriction, but like getting farther out kind of scares me, honestly because I'm going to be able to indulge more. I'm going to be able to like eat more and not get sick and not have those consequences. So like, that is, that is scary for me. I don't, you know, and I'm, I know as soon as I start introducing some things, just trying it out, just, Oh, I'll just have a little bite. You know, like that's when like my taste buds are like, Oh yeah, we remember that. Like <laughs> we like that. Yes. So yes. I think like, my goal is to really just like try and continuing to make or find alternatives instead. Like I've got one of my best friends is getting married this year. So, and she lives in Florida. So I've got her wedding and I've got her bachelorette party, which is going to be in Charleston. So I'm, 
I'm traveling like a little bit this year and we've got the retreat coming up in November. So I think like all those things are happening before my one year. And so obviously the retreat is going to be bariatric friendly, but like these other things, I'm going to have to figure out like, okay, do I need to pack my own food? Like what's, what, what's happening here? If I have to fly, what can I take? Like, you know, so I think just like piecing all that together, that is another stressful thing for me too. It's just like trying to figure out how to navigate normal life, you know, around, around this. So, yes. Do you, what, how how do you think you're going to tackle that? Have you, have you given any thought to that yet? Or are you just going to, are you, are you just going to approach it, you know, kind of cross that bridge when you come to it? Um, I'm sure I'm going to try to plan something, you know, no. because that's just, I just, now I try to have a plan. Like I never used to be like that. I used to be a fly by the seat of my pants type person, oh. but that is something that has changed about me is I try to have a plan now because I just feel like, like that quote in my head, I will never stop saying it like plan plan you have to plan failure to plan is planning to fail like you have to have a plan so I am going to I think what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to plan on packing bars and shakes or like bars and protein powder just Mm -hmm. so that way I have something that like Mm -hmm. I can eat if we're out and about or whatever but I think Mm -hmm. by that point you know, if we're, I think we're going to be eating out a lot. So I'll be able to modify things or like if we're eating at home, we have pasta. I can just like eat the meat and the sauce and not eat the noodles, you know? So like, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out in my head, like, okay, how can I, how can I make this like very friendly, you know? Yeah. So I'm definitely going to think about it before, (laughs) before the trip. And I'm probably going to have to talk to the girls who are planning some of the events and be like, hi, okay. Like, just, you know, this is what I'm going through and totally do not want to be like over the top needy, but like, I just want to check and see if blah, 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 you know? So I may just have to do that. But the fact that you're already thinking, I mean, you said like five things, right? When you're just like, oh, I don't know. You rambled off like five really (laughs) like kick-ass things that you're already thinking about. And really what, what that hopefully tells you is that you are very much on the path to, to long-term bariatric success. Right. Because if you were, if you were going to go back to your old ways, you would just say, well, I'm not going to worry about it. It's going to be what it's going to be. And you even said it, you're like, no, one of the biggest things that's changed is that now I plan. Now I like think in advance about these things because before that was your old MO, that was your old identity. Like, oh, none of it matters. Like, it just, it's going to be what it's going to be. And that did not serve you. So you're already making these huge shifts in, in how you think and how you're approaching your life and how you're approaching your health. That is a complete opposite of what you did b- before surgery. Yeah, totally. So, you know, and then the other thing too, which again, I think is so important. We do kind of have to learn to advocate for ourselves. And that means reaching yeah. out to our friends. That means asking for accommodations at restaurants. Like all of these things are things that we can do to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make sure that we find success and, and you're doing that. So, I mean, yeah. good job. I mean, thank you. I think you. like, I think something that's really like, this is, kind of hard but like I have a client who um she had bariatric surgery a couple years ago and before my surgery you know she would sit in my chair and just talk about how um 
she gained all her weight back and like blah, 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 telling me that I'll never be able to eat the same and that, you know, I won't be able to tolerate certain things and it'll ruin my diet forever. And but like, she was very negative about it. And it just put a really bad taste in my mouth. And I was, I was kind of upset with her. And like, I think she could tell, like, I, I literally had to walk away from doing her hair to go to the back and just like take a breath and be like, okay, she is dealing with a lot right now. She has a lot of things going on in her personal life and she has not made herself a priority. And that is why she gained her way back. And so like, still to this day, like I'm now back from my surgery. She was like, oh my gosh, you look great. You know, and then still proceeded to talk about all of her excuses. And then she finally, and I told her, I said, you have to make yourself a priority. You know that, right? I said, this is why you're having problems is because Mm -hmm. you have not made your health a priority. She was like, I know. She was like, these are my excuses. Just let me have my excuses. I said, okay, great. We can agree that like you have your excuses. And like, if that, if, if we can agree that like you are making excuses, then that's but all I care you, about, you know? As long as you own up to so, it, that's all that Yeah, matters. and the fact that she owned up to it, just like, oh, that was like so helpful. I needed to hear that well, from yeah, my I mean, so many, so many people hanging on the surgery, the surgeon, the whatever yeah. else, hanging on outside circumstances instead of just yep. owning up and being like, hey, I didn't take this shit seriously. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I failed to put the work yeah. in. So I failed to get the results. And that's exactly. my bad. Everybody exactly. wants to put it on the other thing to be like, I'm well, like, not gonna succeed because I didn't succeed. Well, bullshit. Because I Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like that's what that's another thing that's just been like such a motivator for me too, is because like seeing her and being like, okay, she did not put herself first. She chose, you know to live this certain way and like yes she does have some family things going on but like she also could ask for help and she could handle things a little bit differently and so like knowing that like she didn't put herself first and this is what happened like now I'm learning like no I have to make this a priority like I have to do this for myself you know well and you know to to hear her pass the buck like that is so frustrating, right? Because it's yeah. just like, no, the surgery worked. You you have a tool. You're not using your tool yeah. in the way that it's been designed, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. well, no shit, you're not gonna build a house with a hammer if you're using it like a garden hose. Like, I know, I know. And like, I asked her, I said, how are your portion sizes? Like, are they still small? And she said, yeah, they're still small. She was like, but like, I just don't eat well. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, yeah, we had a we, we had nine people at my office have all been through the surgery before I went through the surgery. Yeah, eight of them were successful. One of them was not, and one of the successful people was the unsuccessful person's best friend. So they went through mm-hmm. it together. They came through it together. One of them still ate McDonald's every day, and the other one did not. One of them was successful. One of them lost like 10 pounds, completely 10 pounds, and then gained a bunch of weight on top of the 10 pounds that she what? lost. What? Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I would murder everyone if I went oh. through what I went through and only lost. Yeah, like, absolutely not. Because she, I mean, like, she came out of the surgery in like maybe the first two weeks and was, was good. And then after that, it was like bags of McDonald's start coming into the office. <gasps> and it was just, you know, but I see the same uh, stuff on Facebook too. You know, on you know, in the support groups on Facebook, you know, this chick was like, "Well, I still, you know, I still eat, you know, an egg McMuffin, or I still eat a sausage biscuit, and you know, it just takes me a lot longer to eat it." And I'm like, "No, 
But you're still even. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. she clearly had has some battles that she did not face before. Like, and that like, makes me sad for her. Struggle. Everybody's gonna, yeah, everybody's gonna make mistakes. Like I, you know, yeah. I, I don't eat a hundred percent all the time like I'm supposed to. Everybody has a, a plan. Well, it's about event. balance, you know. Right. Like you're not living to diet for the rest of your life. Like, no. exactly. the, like yes, we're gonna go through maybe a a year or two of like really hard restriction on our diets because that's what we have to do, and then you have to figure out how to modify that to live a happy life yeah. like you know and like people just I feel like the whole balance thing is just goes out the window because people don't really know what that is you know well, and I think people go into bari bariatric surgery thinking that the surgery itself is the magic bullet right it yeah, is, it's gonna fix everything and it's not right the, yeah. the surgery is what gives you the tool to build your right. house but it's all of that work that happens outside of surgery where you find success. And if you're just going to continue, if you don't recognize that the life that you were living before was the reason that you had excess weight and you right. just continue to live that old life, then your tool is absolutely a, a move. Yeah. You did it for nothing. Right. So, right. I mean, yep. it's, yeah. And it's hard to explain to people who yeah. have not quite had it yet or haven't quite been living through it, which is why we have these conversations, right? So that people can go into their yeah. procedure armed with the information that they're going to need to find success after surgery because right as the three of us know this is this is not easy and and i remember talking about it too like i i went to my i went to my i had my luckily i had my my three-month follow-up appointment right about coincided with the time that i was getting to just released to regular food and I went in her office and I was like, I'm scared to death. Like, I don't know what the <laughs> hell's about to happen to me. Yeah. Like, when, when it's not just simply laid out like it is in our little bariatric Bible that we get sent home with, I'm bariatric like, Bible. I'm <laughs> like, look, man, I was like, your paper runs out. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? And she but was really? like, you, yeah. she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, dude, you just can't leave me in my kitchen to say, we'll fix whatever, because I'm going to fix whatever. And it's not going to, it's not going to go well for me. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, you have to take what you, you know, the work you put into the first three months and you have to kind of carry that on. Like, what do you like? What do you do? And I'm like, I like bad things. Like, no, <laughs> don't tell me that. Like, I don't, <laughs> I like burgers. I like pizza. I like steak. I like, like, look at me. I like everything. That's why I look like I do. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's, it, it's this, it's this yeah. that, that gets us through and it's the community yeah. and it's right. It, it's learning learning that food is not fun, learning that food is not entertainment, learning that food yeah. is nutrition and the fun and the entertainment comes with all of the other things that we now have this ability to do, right? The capacity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. All right, friend. Well, did we, uh, did we leave anything unsaid? Is there any parting bits of wisdom or reflection that you want to share with the world? Oh my gosh, I guess. Okay. I'm going to say this because the beginning of this, I was in the hardest part of the surgery. I was in the liquid diet and that was actual hell for me. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? Like, I just, I questioned everything. And like, I remember thinking after the fact, I literally cried after I got off of our recording after that, because I just was like, I needed I needed support. Like I just needed to talk to people who like understood. And like, I was so emotional <laughs> because I was like, okay, I'm excited again, you know? And like, I was just so depressed for that whole week that I had to do liquids. So all I want to say is that literally like 
it is worth it. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like it, I know it's hard. I know it's so hard and it's going to test every ounce of strength that you have, but like, do not give up on your dreams. Anything worth fighting for is worth having. And it literally, it's so worth it. Just keep pushing. Like, that's just all, that's all I have to say. <laughs> and popsicles really do help. Yeah, popsicles are a game changer. <laughs> nobody, nobody, be- I didn't believe it. I was like, what the hell is a popsicle going to do? Like, you're going to bite it into the mouth, it's going to be gone. Popsicles. Dude, I'm telling you, popsicles, <laughs> popsicles may as well have been a three-course meal for me because I ate one and I was oh. like, oh, I'm not even hungry anymore. Like, Eight how to ten a day. Work? Yep. <laughs> You know, I, I love it how Katie's like, just stay the course. It's be so worth it. Jason's like, oh, popsicles too. Don't forget popsicles. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, that's equally as important. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Like, yeah, it's fine. Oh. <laughs> Katie, we we cannot thank you enough for being so open and honest and candid about your experience. I know that just this entire lengthy conversation is going to inspire and uplift and 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 give people hope. I mean, I think that's the that is like the the word of, of our time together. It's just hope, right? Weight weight loss surgery, bariatric surgery is about finding our hope again. And and I think you really beautifully articulated um what that means for people. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This has been amazing. I'm just so excited to be a part of the podcast. And I'm just so grateful that you guys chose me to do your first like before and after with like, that's so cool. I'm honored. And thank you for having me. I think uh, I would love to kind of check in with you uh, every few months just to kind of see how it's going, right? Just to ask the same questions and just give, you know, give you a chance to reflect because you know, I think we all get caught up in our lives. Just, you know, our lives are busy and sooner rather than later, it's just going to feel normal, but it's important to keep this at the forefront because I think that's how we slip when our bariatric recovery is not at the front of our lives, right? If it starts moving to the background, that's where we kind of fall back into our old ways. So, you know, we would love the opportunity to just kind of continue to check in with you um, as you move through your recovery and as you move through your life, because there's going to be nuggets of information and more rays of hope that I think are going to come out, come out of those conversations. So if you're down, love that. I'm down. Let's do it. Let that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So if you do not follow Katie, you absolutely should. She's on Instagram at katie.vsg. She is just as hilarious and raw as she is uh, (laughs) right right now with us. So her stories are fire and she's, she is exactly who she, who she says she is. So definitely uh, give her a follow there. And if you guys love what you're seeing on East to West, you can follow us on Instagram at East to West. You can join our private Facebook group uh, just at East to West WLS. You can also become a patient patron of East to West WLS. And all that that means is that you want to support us keeping the support around for free for everybody to enjoy. So if you would like information on that, you can message us, you can uh, head to our website, easttowestws.com. You can, yeah, just let us know that that you are excited to support and we will be there to, to show you how you can do that. Jason, did I miss anything? You want to take us out, my friend? I don't think you missed anything. Katie, thank you again for joining us. Your your just the transformation so far has been remarkable. Your journey's been fantastic. You have been amazing uh to watch go through the motions. And it's been, yeah, I can't wait to see where you take it. I know that you're gonna do amazing things because 
you've got the drive, you've got the tenacity, you're going to make it happen. So I can't wait to see where that takes you. Um, for everybody else that supports East to West, we appreciate it. We cannot thank you enough. We're able to do what we do for the community because the community supports us. And supporting you guys helps us in our recovery as well. That's been one of the most amazing things April and I have been able to do. Uh, talking to you guys through Messenger, talking to you guys on video really, really just hits home with us and keeps our why in the forefront just as much as everybody else. So we can't thank you enough for that. We appreciate that very much. And uh, just remember, at the end of the day, you've got this, we've got you, and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See you Bye -bye. soon.